Hello and welcome to episode 331 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with Colin McKay. Hello, sir. Hello, Colin. Well, How are you? I am all right. I, I feel like it's bedtime, though. This is where I'm starting to think about my pajamas and, and stuff like that. I'm starting to wind down for bed now. Um, yeah. So I'm feeling quite rebellious now. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, you're up late drinking. It's like when you're a kid and the parents are away, you're like, oh, what nonsense. Can I get to? Um, it's eight o'clock. I'm I'm an old man. Eight o'clock yeah. is um that that that's my witching hour. <laughs> well, I'm eight, eight, eight o'clock, I start thinking should I put a movie on because it won't finish till after ten, and I start going like you start yeah. to come a point. Like, this is, this that's is when you point. start looking at run times. I do that yeah. as well. I'll be like, fuck if I watch this now and it's got ten o'clock and I said half ten for boom. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're old man. We're old. We're old. Um, we're getting old. Colin. We're getting old. I remember we're when old. I was acting in the heat. Uh, I remember inside. being a sixteen-year-old and sitting up to four in the morning watching the thing and stuff like that. Not a care in the world. Yeah. No. Well, no. <laughs> talk about later on with the film I watched this week that made me feel exceptionally old. Um, anyway, um, oh, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I am drinking Star Wars, Stormtrooper, oh, nice. and this one's the Goon Squad one, which is. Oh, I'll that one. Nice. Yeah, who killers a can? Yeah, a yeah, clown stormtrooper. I don't understand how these guys, because I don't imagine them being a fucking massive, massive brewery. How have these guys got the license I, to do this from Disney? Yeah, because yeah. Disney is known for being exceptionally litigious. You know, they're not, they're not subtle yeah. with it. Oh, definitely. I definitely. They're, they're a blunt instrument. Do you know what I mean? They're like that. So, was, you can't fucking have it unless you give us. Yeah extraordinary amounts of money that you can't afford um, yeah. so I'm, I'm intrigued but um, it's an amazing can I'm, I'm really really loving these um, I think, I think Coast... Edinburgh so we have to nip I think we have to nip to one point if you're over that way yeah popping a zero but it's a West Coast IPA this one 5.5% so it's got a wee, nice. wee extra dunt on it as well yeah so I think I'll just stick with one tonight so um, could it be I'm... like away from it because like Stormtrooper wasn't made up by Star Wars I guess, yeah, and that's just getting on that one, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> and as uh, the thing, they, they, they change the, the the trooper enough that it's not infringing on copyright. I don't know. I, I reckon this it does look pretty stormtrooper. Yeah. yeah, look at we look at that. That is, Aye. it's it's a stormtrooper. Aye. But no, but it's like it's like a Steamboat Willie thing just now. Like you can do Steamboat yeah. Willie as Mickey Mouse, but if you take the hat off him, Disney will sue your ass because that's yeah, Mickey Mouse at that point, you know. Give him Mickey Mouse legs, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, Aye. totally. But I'm, I'm drinking that and I'm quite pleased with myself. I've not tried it. I'm going to have a sip just now. Will you tell me what you're drinking? I am drinking a mug of tea because I have a sore stomach. Um, which I won't get into too much detail, Colin, but let's just say every cough and sneeze is an adventure. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. That that's that. This could be the most exciting postcard yeah. we've had yet. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward. This could this could surpass yeah. Colin's drunken podcast. I'm, I'm yes. liking this. Um, um, I shall yeah, now endeavour to make you laugh as much as I can. Well, well, Richard shit the couch is is the yeah, big question that we're all asking. There is no sneezing. Um, <laughs> Anyway, let's move on to my calls and let's move on to what we've been watching this week to, uh, to distract ourselves okay. from. Okay, our right, okay. Um, so, we cinema catch up. We've watched, we've actually both of the watched from what we just talked about earlier on. We've talked, um, we've seen stuff that we've both have seen previously that we've not had a chance hmm. to retouch on. So, what did you watch this week that we'd seen previously? 
Oh, um, this week I watched one that, that um, you've been telling me to watch for a, a few months now, and a few other people have said, why haven't you watched this? And that is uh, Sisu. Is it Sisu or Sisu? Sisu, the Finnish film about the guy, the gold prospector in, in like Occupy Finland. Um, yep. That's he's trying to steal his gold, and he does not take to that well. That's You have pretty much summarised the full film in that yes. sentence. That, that is the film. That, that, you know, that does... Plot that does that that's the plot of this film. They steal his gold, he gets it back and fucking lays waste to everything in doing so. Everything and anything uh, and anyone in, in his path, what, essentially. What a fun, fun film. I would have loved I'm so so devastated that I missed this in the cinema because I think it yeah. would have just benefited so much more because it's outrageous. It's it's fucking oh, Rambo on steroids. Yeah. And I think it would have benefited for that, that big screen madness just coming at you. Um, pretty much unknown cast as well. Um, I guess there's a few kind of European actors that we don't know. But... Bigger Finnish actors, but um, the guy mm. directed is a guy called Jilmari Helander, um, mm. and you'd know him because he directed uh, Rare Exports. Ah, oh, right, okay, right, the Santa one, yeah. Santa one, and also directed um, Big Game, which was sort of a remake of that, I think, but it wasn't mm. quite as good. Um, and he'd done this one, obviously. But yeah, so... <laughs> Definitely, guys. A Scandinavian filmmaker. Just, that it's just made. It's just um, just for the listeners, hyper violent, over the top, like you know, revenge it's movie. A comic um, book. It's comic book violence. It's a, yeah, it's just, yeah. A Tarantino inspired, homage to Tarantino inspired comic book. Yeah, fucking action movie that that's you know, but it has almost that directly like, from the eighties. Yeah, it feels like it, it, it would go alongside something like Predator or Commando or Rambo. Yeah. Or, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It goes along. It's, it's very. It's a film that's sort of been missing from cinemas and screens for like, the best part of the last well, like, probably since the mid nineties. I'm guessing, you know, <laughs> and a, a grown up action film that is a bit ridiculous, but is utterly insane. And it has a completely like unbelievable hero at the center. And again, treating Nazis as Nazis, which I'm all for, and laying waste to Nazis. I'm all. I'm a big fan of that. I, I do like that, you know, that we've always got Nazis to go back to, because you can do what you want to Nazis or Nazis. Yeah. We, no one fucking cares, you know, let, let's yeah. fucking wipe them out. Um, and interestingly as well, the, the, the lead in it um, has got one line of dialogue at the very, very yes. end of the movie, which is fucking nuts. It's, it's like not one you line. dialogue in that kind of film. You don't need it. No, he doesn't. His action speaks once. He's, <laughs> his action <laughs> speaks for what, for what the dialogue will not say. Without spoiling it, favourite scene in it. Oh, um, the underwater scene really that, w- was yeah. was ingenious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was fucking insane. Um, and the airplane scene as well was just like yeah. utterly bonkers. Um, is there's so everything? There's nothing that's not insane. That's the problem. It's no. every scene is like it, it just like elevated fucking psychopathic madness. It's, it's a proper nuts. like Friday night movie, like Home from the Pub now on TV. Yeah. Kind of movie. It's one of those kind of ones. And it's one you'll watch again and again, I think, as yeah. well, and, and just enjoy it. Um, also liked um, how to split it into chapters. I like movies like that because it makes it feel, I mean, it's not a long movie, it's 90 minutes, but it makes it feel faster because there's like yeah. seven segments, 15 minutes each, and you're just churning through them. Do you know what I mean? You're like, next yeah. one, and, you know, you're racing through it, but an amazing film. I'm, I'm, I'm gutted I missed it in the cinema. Um, yeah, in the it, it was on my short list of um, mm. the top 10 you list said here. That, yeah. It was on it, yeah, um, very much so. Bear in mind the type of film it is. Um, the score is by no means a bad score. Seven out of ten from me for that one. Yeah, 
I would agree. But it's a great 7 out of 10. Yeah, an amazing 7 out of 10. Um, yeah. Films like that shouldn't score that highly. It is no. a testament to how good it is. There you go. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I like that one. Um, <coughs> two films that I watched this week on that went out before. Um, one is one that was out in 2020. It came out kind of just before the second lockdown, I think. So it kind of came and went, disappeared, no one saw it. It's a Canadian film called The Kid Detective. And it's essentially a story about... Um, Imagine like Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys, you know, the guy like the, the kind of teen novellas that were the famous five, Secret Seven, mm. would investigate crimes and stuff like that. It's usually always like sort of quite low key crimes. Imagine those kids when they become like 35, 36, 37, you know, when they're, they're that age and they're still investigating that shit because they had a big case that, that went awry and it sort of haunted them for the past like, you know, 25 years. And okay. it's all about that, and it's it's one of those. It's a really it's a funny film, but it's one of the darkest sort of like really gets to your heart films I've seen in a long long time. <laughs> um, Adam Brody is in it. Okay, I like Adam Brody. Yeah. He's, he performs. He's, yeah. he's like the detective. He's a kid detective, and there's some really genuinely painful emotional stuff in it. Like that absolutely gets right into sort of the character and sort of and gets into this, like the human condition and the human psyche alongside it's like a a, a gumshoe detective mo- novel uh, novel as well so it's it's a it's kind of like i can only describe it as like knives out meets dawson's creek to an extent okay is, is, is it a serious crime that he's solving or is yeah, it... yeah 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 he's solving yeah. a murder yeah right right okay okay but so he's a it's not detective. it's not it's not spoofy in any way. There are mm. moments of, of levity in it because of like the ridiculousness of the situation sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um so there's got that in it. But also in it, like I said, there's just there's a real emotional heart to it that absolutely will end you while you're watching it. And also there's a really good mystery. I think that's one of the things that's key to a mystery film. You've got to have something mm. you can't solve in two minutes. You know, there's a lot of yeah. stuff and it's like, you know, Knives Out had it. Most of Agatha, Agatha Christie stuff's got it as well. It can't be something you, you solve quickly, and this is a really yeah. good central mystery. So it, you, you've got to rent it. It's on. We got it on Apple Plus um, for like two ninety nine. But oh my god, one of the best films I've watched in a long time for like that kind of detective. Well, no, which is big business just now, <laughs> so it may kind of get a bit of a revival because uh, the stuff's kind of falling. I, I only like I only watched it because there's another podcast I listened to and they were talking about it and I felt okay I've heard about this film I really should, I've heard about it, not actually watching it so they were raving about it as well so I thought I've got to watch it so hopefully I'll rave about it you'll watch it then you can yep. rave it someone else watch it and eventually through word of mouth this film will get to the place where it belongs to it's a it's a absolutely I think hidden gems is the word to describe because like yeah. no one saw it it's funny film you go that is a great movie and really well done. So why why it. haven't I seen this I like films I like when you watch it so what the, how did this go under my radar and do you feel like you I, found something special I love that so much that's great how did this film yeah. not hit big when things like shit like you know the shit we sometimes watch gets you know why does like this not get seen by a lot of people but when it was four get seen by a lot of people you know that kind of thing budget yeah. Well, so any listeners we've got on tonight, you've heard Richard, um, get it watched, tell your pals about it, get him and watch it, and tell him to tell your pals about it as well, and we'll, we'll start moving <laughs> yeah. here. The revolution starts here, my friend. Starts here. I'm all for it. I want kid detectives to be big. Um, but when I watched Balls, <laughs> I watched it last night, it's now available on Mubi. I missed it on cinema, mm. so it's now on the British um, archive thing called Mubi, which is a really good um, 
sort of bastion of like independent indie film. And that is the film How to Have Sex, which you saw in the cinema, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. I know you didn't see this earlier. Kind of this, if I'd seen this before the turn of the year, this would have been on my top ten list. Um, yeah. I thought it was it's just an absolutely brilliant film. It's like, it just it's, it made me feel very old for a start. You know, everyone is very oh, yeah, young, de- de- very attractive, yeah. and they're all having a great time. And I'm like, this, it all looks very tiring. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Looks, not, not very party people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like the idea of going to Crete for a party weekend is I'd rather eat my own face than do. Um, to be honest, even yeah. when I was when I was sixteen, I didn't want to do that. Um, no, I've, n- I've never had that. I've never been that type of person either. But it draws you into that world. You understand it, and you see you what the appeal you, 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 you get. It. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and like, and the central story of the young girl who's there and. She's kind of there a nice, a good time, but also she's obviously she wants that to help the way the story comes. She wants to lose her virginity, and that's sort of part of the story as well. And she's sort of she's not she's not sure because the, the, the main point, the main thing I saw from the film was she's still a child. She tried to behave like an adult, but she's not. She's just a kid. And totally, and, and what, kids feel this pressure to do mm-hmm. things, and it's like why you know it, I, it, yeah, it's, it's it's quite horrible. Can I watch? It's, it's, real, it's not an easy enough. watch. No, it's not. There's, there's real joy in it when you see her with not so much one of her friends, but the other friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, also, I know what you mean. Yeah. There's a scene when she gets taken under the wing of like a, like an older group of girls. Yeah, yeah. And you see genuine joy and happiness there with her. But then yeah. everything else, it just makes you feel so uncomfortable and just you feel worried for her at all times. Um, yeah. And despite her yep. at times bravado about it, you know yep. she's not she's not dealing with this, and it's it's a really tough watch at times. The young girl in it, yeah. she's young, she's twenty five actually, in real life. Um, is it Mia McKenna Bruce? She Sorry. is amazing. She was brilliant. What she's forty two, like ten years ago, surely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's, she she's just fantastic, isn't she? She's just so yeah. you're magnetised when you're watching her. You're like, oh, <laughs> she's got so much charisma. How she changes well because like the start of the film she's just this wee cute innocent kind of cherub with like mm. the big big eyes and you can see why boys would like her because she has this sort of like mm. almost angelic look and then I'm not saying she goes through like sort of like a war a platoon type so but then she's, there's a different girl there at the end of it definitely yeah you see that regrets just tainted that that kind of innocent uh, soul that was there is just just being it's eradicated you know there's just yeah. these regrets and. You know, fucking mistakes that have been made that you need to live with, but you know it's never spoken about and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's, and not it's, one, it's and most of what, and, and like not her mistakes either. Yeah, she, she yeah. Doesn't, know, doesn't know how to deal with it, and it's just, it's just, it's a really tough watch, but a really worthwhile watch, and it was a, a genuinely great movie. One of the things thing, gonna go back. The, the the one thing that, that worried me about it is, um, like if sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kind of people that live their lives that are watching it. Would they see it more as a trophy movie than what it's trying to say? Again, if you do see it like I don't, that, I don't know. I, I don't know. No, I think if you do see it like that, if you watch the film and see that, I think you're watching the wrong film. I think you're you're yeah. you're, you're not reading the film the right way. I think it's pretty obvious what this what the story and who the who the, the goodies are, who the baddies are, in some you know, in that if you want to put oh, no, it in the, no, to, to, I, to me, black and white. But I mean, the the, the target that that. It is, the movie is, would that, if someone was Maybe. watching it, if there wasn't a target, would they 
you know, would it would it just be a party film to them, you know, and like, that's okay. It, the thing is, it's not really a party film because like the party scenes in it aren't particularly, they're not nice. No. No, it's it's not like the it's not hedonistic in any way. It's got quite, it's it's kind of grubby and and dirty and kind of grimy when the whole yeah. like, all the kind of it's it's, um, it's like the bits when you see the town the next morning and stuff like that, and yeah. you're just like fuck it, you know, like, what a crazy life. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean what you know what the Where's the attraction? That's really, yeah, brilliant little film. Absolutely amazing. And again, probably won't get seen by enough people. Um, (laughs) Not seen by enough, anyway. Um, I mean, some movie. I'm always in support of movies. But it's it's, it's an our subscription service. You've got to pay more money to get. Um, So if if you don't have it, you're not going to see it. Um, Which means it's, it's, it's not a Netflix or an Amazon where things are just there. Yeah, So. yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, eventually it'll end, it'll end up there at some point, and people can and sort of embrace it that way. But no, I thought it was I thought it was an excellent, like a ten out of ten film. If it, if I've seen it before yeah. in the last year, it would be on my top ten list. I um, think so, I gave it eight or nine out of ten. I think I gave yeah. it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, hard hitting film, really important film to watch. You know, um, and not to sound like a preacher dad, but if you're a younger person, watch the film. There's, there's stuff in there that's important. Yeah, you know, I agree. There, there's, I agree. The, there's stuff you need to not learn. I don't want to be a dick and you know patronise, but yeah, there's stuff. There's important lessons there that you know mm-hmm. everyone can benefit from. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. get watching, get watching. Off yeah. well, let's talk about some non-cinema stuff, some TV stuff. So um, I finished. You've not finished yet. I finished Marvel's season two of What If, um, which is obviously Marvel doing its whole you know stories that are out. Well, in continuity, but out with it's sort of like different takes on the the legends. Yeah. You know, it's, you know. Ones from what last if, season was something like if, Peggy Carter. What if Richard was Captain America? Stuff like that, yeah. Um, He'd be shitting on I, the couch and all the crimes were solved. I very much enjoyed season two compared to season one. Season one, I thought, was a little bit safe and a little bit, I don't know, just it, it felt like it never really got going. It, 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 the ideas we never really sort of realised them for a lot of them. It, it felt a bit, I'll See a bit dull at times in season season one. Mm-hmm. Season two, I think some really interesting ideas, some really good ideas, and they have a really good Christmas episode, which I thought was excellent. Yeah. The one with um, yeah, I've seen that one. I enjoyed that a lot. Happy Hogan, Iron Man, yeah. uh, Happy Hogan. Um, there's a really good 1602 episode, which is one of my favourite comic book sort of what ifs that they've done um, back in the day. Um, and there's some, there is some really good. There's a, there's a, 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 a I don't want to say the tribe because I'm not, I don't know the name of the tribe how to pronounce it, but there's a Native American story yep. involving one a superhero, which I thought was great as well. Um, wasn't a huge fan of the Hela, Hela one. That wasn't one of my favourites. Okay, I've not seen that, yeah. so no, no. No, yeah, that's that, that one. Surely. Huh? Oh no, that's the one, no, no. one you're going to watch next. Sorry, that's Hela. my next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The only thing I would say, another thing I would say about it is, I don't like to use the same animation style throughout the whole thing. I feel mm. a what if world is made for, like, to differ up the animation styles to make them every episode more unique and interesting. Yeah, and never co- do that. Copy Spider Verse. You know, Spider Verse has opened this door for animators. It's okay to, you know, let, to to be influenced. You know, fucking pushing yeah. boost on it. You know. It's I'm not even saying you have to do it every episode, make, make every episode different, make every episode yeah. have different episodes during it, but what's wrong with having, like, say, the episode one being in the style of, like, Steve Ditko, you know, episode two being in the style of 
you know, David, um, you know, David Mack or the season to be yeah. in style of like, you know, Klaus Janssen or something like that. Do it in an interesting way that make it, that makes it, yeah. you know, a bit different. Stand, you can make each, each one stand out. Um, mm. I think the problem I found with, with season, not problem with season one, but season one seemed to hinge a lot around, although it was what ifs, it was this key event with Doctor Strange and it kind of, the last four or five were like all tied into that. Um, I don't know if this is going to go the same way. I hope it, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Yeah. The final two yeah. episodes, final one episode is, is sort of all tied into that. The final episode, the second penultimate episode, kind of has that a little bit, but the, the finale mm. is very much a Stephen Strange. Yeah. We've got Bennett coming back to a voice. Let's make sure this whole story revolves yeah. around him and make sure it's worthwhile having them on the payroll. I would prefer it was just, you know, like, like seven or eight episodes, each one completely yeah. standalone. Here's, here's, you know, eight what-ifs yeah. and not four what ifs it all become one big long what if do you know what I mean I would draw yeah. that but who, who knows yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe they will in the future um, so it's a negative enjoy it enjoy, yeah, it. Yeah. enjoy it and they're all pretty brief 25-30 minutes at each so they're not they're not yeah they're not uh, you chew, chew them up and spit them out easily so I'll, I'll finish it off over the weekend so then I will, I will get back to you next week because I know next you're excited one. about me seeing this 1602 or no 16 it doesn't have any relation to the actual comic book itself other than the kind of general premise but mm. I just you ever read the 1602 comic? I've not, no, no. So it's a, it's I'm a great, completely blind. A great version of the comic, like the Marvel heroes are like back in like 1602, and it's, it's yeah. So you like, so it's, it's it's just if you have a chance to find the comic book, I'll try and see if I find it for you. But it's a it's a very good it, comic book. It sounds like steampunk Marvel almost. That's basically what it is. Yeah, basically yeah, what it is. I'm, d- I'm it, down with that all day. The, day. the episode of it opens with. Um, Tom Hiddleston as Loki doing Shakespeare, you know. So I mean, if you get one of the greatest Shakespeare actors living doing Shakespeare, there's a certain there's a certain joy to that, you know. Yeah, you're on Ellen straight away. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'll finish it off on <laughs> Sunday and um, report back next week, sir, with my my findings. Uh, the last thing I watched this week on TV, just finished it literally moments ago, is Monarch season one, um, which is on Apple Plus. Um, so no one's got Apple Plus, so no one else is watching it. But I watched it, and if it was made just for me, then I am very happy with it. I very much enjoyed it. Had plenty of big titans, plenty of Godzilla. Good central story to it with um, like the human story to it. Um, Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell, dog it. I'm, I'm, is it perfect? No. Is it? Yeah. Are there episodes that maybe going a little bit too long? Maybe episodes that feel a bit superfluous to it to try and drag it out to the ten episode level? Yes. Yep. But for ten episodes, I was thoroughly engaged with it, and it was a week. I was watching it weekly, and enjoyed it weekly as well. Did it finish on? A high was it a kind of you know did it, did it get yep, a high? You feel like it does. Yeah, nice. shows there's more coming as well. Hopefully there's more coming as well. Um, I'm, I'm assuming there's more coming. Cause it ends in a bit and it ends in a like not a cliffhanger, but there's definitely there's there's indications there's, there's more to come. So there's there questions to, to be answered. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's maybe if you're not into the Godzilla, Skull Island, Kong world probably won't really get much from it but if you are like if you do like those films and you like the big titans i think you'll get mm. i think you'll dig it you'll enjoy it but uh, i love I, I very much enjoyed it for, for what it was I'm, I'm really excited to watch it it's just there's so much just now um it's, the, the problem mm. just now is just you know i'm watching this i'm watching that and it's just time yeah. life and time sort of always ruin my fun can i just say of note you want to mention um I've not actually, no, 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 I've not really been watching anything on TV. Um, I've just been kind of working and, and kind of watching movies now and, now and again, so no TV for Colin this week. Okay. 
Um, let's move on to movies then, Colsey. We'll watch now. Yes. I'll start on one that I saw about two weeks ago and I forgot to mention it on last week's podcast. Um, and yep. that is, it's on the cinema just now, and that is Priscilla, um, directed by Sophie Coppola, um, who obviously did The Big Old, Fuzz and Suicide, Lost in Translation, The Bling Ring. She's Sophie Coppola. Um, she's, she's well known. Yeah. She's yeah. a famous dad. Um, and famous yeah. cousins. And famous yeah. everybody. The, the, the Coppola everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's definitely a. A mafia there that, that kind of dominate Hollywood, shall we say? The lineage there, yeah. Um, and Priscilla is it's essentially the story of Priscilla Presley. It's, it's her, it's her life story. It's it's her being a young young girl becoming infatuated with Elvis. Elvis becoming infatuated with her, um, and her life from leaving her family and going to Graceland, and her relationship with Elvis up until the point of the divorce. Um, and it's all seen through her eyes. Elvis is in it, but he's a very much a periphery character. It's very much her story. Um, and it only covers a very short period of time, because literally it's when they meet to pretty much the divorce, which I think she was quite young when, when she was young when they fucking get married, but she was also very young when they got divorced as well. So it doesn't cover anything like of her career or life after this. It okay. is purely focused on that time. Um, she was like sort of dating, in, in quoted in birthday commas, and with Elvis. Yeah. <coughs> so in the film you've got Kaylee Spenny she plays um, Priscilla you've got J.K.B. Lordy the British actor who was in Saltburn this year he plays yep. Elvis yep. Um, Ari Cohen Tim Post and Lynn Griffin as well the other sort of other players but it really is the, the Kaylee Spenny show um, this uh, it's <coughs> it is the most Sophie Coppola of Sophie Coppola films you know um, she's one who does not like to rush a scene. She's not one who likes to rush with a camera. She likes. She doesn't try and push anything forward at any great pace. She's quite happy to let things mm-hmm. just unfold and be very natural. Um, sometimes that yeah. works for me. I think we both did. We both like the beguiled. I think we did, didn't we? I hate. No, I despised it. You liked it a lot. I, I liked hated it. it okay. Yeah. Um, so it's whether or not you like Sophie Coppola might sort of um, indicate how much you enjoy this film because it is. Mm. In the same way, like you know, Wes Anderson always makes his film, and he makes his Wes Anderson yeah. film. Sophie Coppola very much makes Sophie Coppola films. Um, she makes, and she always, most part has like a female centric. Very, like she, she seems to like sort of sad women. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. Or, or troubled yeah. women in some ways. She that seems to be sort of a deathly yeah. over. She seems to sort of embed herself in. Um, it is very compelling, um, and it's it is a very awkward watching of history because it would double bill very interestingly with the Baz Luhrmann Elvis. Because I was going to say, how does it juxtapose that? Because the Baz Luhrmann one, a very different kind of, film. Yeah, that that kind of rose tints the relationship that, almost. That lionised Elvis and relationship because being this this film is an hour long. Oh, sorry, this film's like two and a bit hours long. You're an hour into it, and she's not out of high school yet. Right, so that tells you where mm. it, well, I think she was like 15 or 14 or 15 when she meets Elvis. 14, I think it was. And yeah. he was like, yeah. he's 25. Because he's, he's in the army and he's already the biggest thing in the world. So it's very awkward. And it's like she, and she leaves her family home in Germany because she was there. Her dad was in the Air Force as well. That's how her and Elvis met. And she goes to live in Graceland. She's still doing. She's basically staying at Graceland by night, by and then going to school during the day. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's very, it's very awkward. But 
it gets to the very heart of like quite Elvis is a very controlling relationship on her. It's just you know very much a gaslighting relationship, and it's yeah. he holds all the power because she's infatuated, and you see him using that to his advantage. Yeah. And again, but it's all through her eyes. Um, I thought Kaylee Spenny was excellent playing Priscilla. She, she um, so was um, Elordi playing Elvis. He's not doing an Elvis impression, but there's enough there, you know, as Elvis. You know who it is, yeah, yeah. He's not going full. Who's the boy in the Elvis film? Austin Butler. Yeah, more a Michael Shannon both. take on it where you know it's not Elvis, but you know, it's like, yeah, that is Elvis. Yeah. It's Elvis. He does a wee bit of the voice, but not, he's not hamming it up. He's not going to go and mm. you know, caricature with it. Um, and what's really interesting you're watching it is when you, when you watch it, she's like this little tiny waif thing. Mm. Maybe like maybe like five foot one or something. And he is a, like, I don't know if Elvis is really big in real life. I don't know how tall he was in real life. But he is a massive guy. Like, he's mm. a proper statuesque, like, six foot three big lad. So, see, yeah. you see the two of them together, and you see him, like, sort of over her. It has yeah. that, it's quite, like, it takes you quite a bite. You know, you see the domineering aspect of the relationship when you're watching it. And it's quite, it's, that's really effective when you see that, like, on... It's like a, on a physical and mental dominance as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, like, it's, it's like a physical manifestation of what he's doing to her. You know, yeah. in a life, um, yeah. and it's it's a really interesting um, watch. Very, like I said, very much a Sophie Coppola movie. It's, a, it's, it's you know, it's a hundred percent her movie. Mm. I enjoyed this more than I've enjoyed, like, say, things like Lost in Trans- well, Lost Translation, The Bling Ring, and The Buzz and Suicides. I don't think I could enjoy it quite as much as The Beguiled. I really did dig The Beguiled in a big way, mm. um, but still a very enjoyable movie that um, I've definitely got a lot from. Do you know, have you got any ideas, have you read anything on what the, the Elvis estate, what their take on it was? I'm assuming not good, because there's not a single Elvis song in it. No, I mean like Priscilla and stuff like that. Like, what did she... No, I mean, I think it's. I think she's an ex-producer on it, so I'm assuming she's okay on it. Okay with it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to know, I might, might do some reading on that just to get Yeah, find that out. I'm sure she was, yeah. she's still alive when she was still alive, isn't she? I believe so, was it Lisa Marie that died or? Yeah, at least when he died, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Priscilla might be, or she, I don't know actually. Hmm. But there, there'll still be people, you know, where are vested, yeah. you know, where so I'm at. Lisa Marie is Elsie's daughter, yes? Granddaughter, I think. So who's Riley Keel? Is she not the granddaughter God. of Elvis? God knows, it's getting silly now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Aye, because Lisa Marie is Elvis and hmm. Priscilla's daughter. Daughter, yeah. And then Riley, Riley Keogh is the daughter of Lisa Marie. Is that right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think yeah, so, El- so yeah. she's Elvis's granddaughter, correct? Right, okay. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure, uh, Lisa Marie died recently, but I'm pretty sure Priscilla Presley's still alive. So but I, I always like to know, I, I like to know that, that it's a kind of, I guess it's a kind of sick way, it doesn't matter, but I always like to know what the the subject matter thinks of the subject. I mean, it's always interesting mm. to to get on the Yeah, she's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so alive, yeah. I, I will look that up later on. I will do some some. I'm some pretty sure through the interweb. I'm pretty sure she's at least an executive producer on it, so I think she's give it her, give it her okay, and she's seen the film okay. as well, so she's okay with it. So, yeah, but I, I would give it a very solid seven out of ten. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. I, I I like Elvis a lot. I, I get. I know. I know the man's flaws. I'm not a fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I get all that shit, but I do like Elvis. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's one I'm interested in watching, um, and I will, yeah. I will get to see it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think I've got an interest there. There is yeah. a lot of cope, there's a lot of cope on this in it, so that might rub you the wrong way. I can take a slow movie. I'm okay with that. I can, I can let stuff smolder. I can. Just, I can no, you're not a fan of her work generally. I, I don't, I don't mind her. It was, I just thought the big Eld was fucking awful. There are movies I've no issue with. Just, just the big Eld. I thought she, she butchered. But it was a film that didn't need to be made anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Conversation um, for another time. <laughs> listen, oh, listen, off, I think, off, I think, I think I had a conversation. I think we had about two hundred episodes ago, Colin. To be fair, um, possibly. <laughs> one from that one that is on Netflix now. Um, it was in the cinema for a few weeks. Um, just about the key, it was the usual key city release as, as Netflix wants to make sure it gets it enough for Oscar nominations mm. um, before it, can, it comes on to Netflix. And that is Society of the Snow, um, directed by J. A. Bayona, who directed um, most recently Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Um, but also a monster calls, um, the mm. impossible, and what was the horror he directed as well? Was it the? Oh God, I can't remember. To be honest, horror. What was it? Uh, I can't remember. Possibly often. Yeah, I think Possibly so. Off, yeah. So that. Yeah. An interesting director. Um, and the plot of this one—it's a story. It's probably well, very well known of a Uruguayan um, rugby team who are flying to Chile and the plane crashes. A lot of them die. A lot of them don't. Um, things get desperate, and they sort of they have to try and survive the mountain, trying to try and find a way to escape the mountain. But part of the survival story was that they ended up resorting to cannibalism um, yeah. in order to survive. Um, it was made in '91, I think it was. Where yeah, called Ethan Hawke was in it. Um, Ethan Hawke was the main character in it, and it was directed by Frank Marshall, um, yeah. and it called Alive. Um, this is very much the Uruguayan telling of the story from from. I think very much the survivor's perspective in the sense that it's based on the book written by one of the survivors. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Alive is based almost on the t- tabloid version of the story. Which yeah. Alive has actually... I'm not going to shit on Alive to... Alive's good. Up. No, Alive's good. Alive's good. And it does deal with things in quite a... I think quite a nuanced way. For the 90s, it's, it's pretty yeah. nuanced. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't try and make it into, you know, fucking... Stallone surviving in the wild and stuff for that, you know, it definitely oh. handles it for what it is, you know, as people in a dire <laughs> situation, what the fuck do we do? And yeah. both films deal with that in a, yeah, in a really sensitive yeah. way, I um, think. I think a lot of people, the problem a lot of people had with Alive, particularly in Uruguay, was it was maybe all American actors, mm. um, and also it was like shot on a soundstage for the most part, apparently. Yeah, yeah, whereas this yeah. one was filmed. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah, I think. It's some of the scenes. scene. I think some of them were, yeah, some of the scenes were, um, yeah, ah, yeah, crazy. because I know yeah, they, do tu- they do tours Sorry. of the crash site now where one of the, the survivors kind of takes you on the tour, um, oh, wow. and you get to see it and stuff like that, and he tells you the story as you're there, I think it takes four days to get from, you know, where you're going to wherever there. To, to there, but yeah, so you go with one of the survivors and um, stuff like that, so pretty, pretty nuts that they're still doing, still, still I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In the film, it's sort of the main character is a guy called Enzo Vrognik. He is the main actor, sorry. Um, also, you've got Augustine Parelda, Matthias Renault, and Esteban Bayaglardi. Um, well but, done, sir. Not bad you. at all. Yeah. Um, I think these are all pretty sort of unknowns or not known. In or the to us anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in Uruguay cinema or South American cinema, maybe, but yeah, no, no one that, that I'd recognise at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you think of this one, Colsey? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say I, I absolutely adore a survival film. Um, I'm a yes. massive fan of survival films, and I will watch them 
all day long. Um, a big fan favorite of it doing alive. Oh, favourite survival film? Probably Hair in the Pacific, I'm going to say. It's okay. one of my favourites. Okay. I love that to bits. Um, okay. That's a really, really good one. What about you? You got a favourite? Um, I'm a big fan of, I know it was quite recent, but All is Lost. All is Lost is also very good. The, I like the Harry Potter and the Jungle one. That was good as well. Remember the Jungle? It was called Jungle. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that was, that was not, very good as well. Also, a really kind of cheesy um, TV movie by, made back in the day with Neil Patrick Harris called Snowbound. And it was like these parents whose, whose car gets sort of stuck in the snow and they're going through the Rockies in Colorado and end up walking with their baby like across the, the Rockies to get to safety. 127 Hours is a good one as well. That's a good survival story as well, yeah. That's a good one. And what was the one recently with Mads Mikkelsen as well? And Polar, that was a good one as well. That was a good one as well, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I like a good survival story as well. Something that totally. shows man against the elements is, is a good yeah, one. Yeah, and it's amazing, you know, like, because you always think, you know, in that situation, I'd, you know, I'd just die and I'd be rubbish and all that, but I think the, the human the human body and, and what it can endure is, is fucking phenomenal. Um, and films like this just lend testament to that, you know. That, that's why I think they're so fascinating. You know, you like you can see these guys have went, you know, like three months without food, um, essentially stuck in minus thirty temperatures overnight. You know, and you know, lots of people die, but people fucking survive. survive. You know, yeah. um, it, I thought so it was a, the, film? Um, the film itself. It captured the bleakness, the coldness, the hopelessness of the situation really, really well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you, you you felt the suffering. Um, I can only imagine that the actors themselves probably endured some fucking hardships making this film. Agreed, um, yes. But yeah, you, you do feel it, and it doesn't pull any punches. You know, it's not it's not gory, and it's not it's not going for you know the, the, the you know like it's not for you anyway. Right, no, not at all. You know the the, the yeah. of, so. But it does show you. You know, it's like. Yeah. This is what we had to do, you know. This is this this is fucking real, you know. This this isn't Freddy Krueger. This is real shit that you know we had to fucking eat dead bodies and pull shit out of people, you know, and watch people die on a daily basis and stuff like mm. that. And you know, it was it's it's compelling to watch, but, but grim as well and bleak, and you just never feel comfortable throughout it. Um, you know, mm. it's just, but you know, you, you kind of will in the morning, even though you know what's you know, the story, outcome. Yeah, you just, yeah. You still, you know, willing them on, and again, just an amazing kind of testament to, to you know, human will and and you know the fucking need to survive. I'm just a really, really brilliant film. I, I, I enjoyed it immensely. Over to you, sir. What was your uh, take on it? I genuinely thought it was stunning. Like I'm really gutted yeah. against the cinema because it mm-hmm. looked absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Like it looked mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. Um, the, the photography in it and it was just it's so well shot and um, but in terms of the story it was told with such reverence and i thought yeah. humility as well yeah it's like yeah. It, it doesn't it, it's a story of survival but it's also a story of like love and friendship you know like you know oh yeah there's a, yeah. a bit written about and you said you know to give one's life for a friend is the greatest thing you can do and essentially when they, they know when they die that's what's going to happen like their death yeah. will perhaps allow one to live so it's, it's okay. I don't, you don't eat me. It's I fucking love you. You know I don't die. Oh. You know I, I, yeah. That that was heartbreaking. That that was a fucking yeah. gut punch scene. That one. Yeah. Um, and all the characters are really given a moment, and there's a real kind of tenderness mm. throughout it as well. And again, like I said, the fact it's not voyeuristic, which I think there's a version of this film. There's a, there's a cheesy B movie version of this film that focuses on 
the, the cannibalism part of it and it becomes that's the focal point of the film. That this is that's not the focal point of the film. The focal point of the film is survival and the friendship yeah. and the love they all have for each other. Yeah. <laughs> They've done a really clever thing with the, with the narration though I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that got me, yeah. was, but that really surprised me how they done that. Totally, yeah. Did you go to that 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 kind of that that point? And I was like, "Fuck off!" I, I did not that, see it coming at all. I was just like, stunned. Ah, that was genuinely one of the most stunning things I've seen in a film for a long time. And it's such a simple thing, but fuck it, because ultimately I should know this. Yeah, to, so I, I exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, equally, I thought the score from Michael Giacchino, I thought was genuinely brilliant. Mm, yeah. Um, I thought it really it captured. The, the scenario and it captured the, the again the, the sort of reverence almost like church like atmospheric feel of this place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and although it's not voyeuristic and it's not sensationalism, the the plane crash itself was fucking horrific. Like one of the most it, traumatic things I've ever seen in a plane crash. Like, it, was, it was it was so brutal, but but oh. just like yeah it, you know it's like I, I, God forbid I have a fucking go on a plane that crashes but I I can now imagine what it, fucking must be like yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean which is horrible like oh it's shit maybe what, it's maybe the actual crash maybe what maybe 25 seconds on film yeah, roughly yeah. yeah and my god it, <coughs> it feels like you're stuck in that moment for yeah. you know it just pauses and it, it just won't end you know and then you're like, fucking oh my yeah it was amazingly well done yeah, yeah. and I don't Something think like this, this Sorry, I don't think go. it had a massive budget this film did it I wouldn't have thought don't, I mean, it's Netflix money, so I'm actually got a fairly decent budget, but it, it wasn't like an unlimited budget by any um, stretch of imagination, you know, so it's like they, they, they don't, they, Netflix are not quite as free spending um, mm. as they once were, you know, it's, yeah. um, you know, um, so I, so there, there probably would have been some reins on it, and um, the budget, 60 million euros. Which, yeah, and it's well spent, absolutely yes. well spent on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. The boy playing the main character, Numa, um, Enzo Vogrenix, he's got real kind of like acting charisma. chops. Yeah, a lot of yeah. charisma. Yeah. yeah. Genuine, handsome big bastard as well. Um, yeah, because he, he, he's in essence becomes, you know, de facto the leader. And mm-hmm. you, you buy, you buy it, you know, you yeah, I would follow him, you know, I would, I would, I would trust him with my life, you know, to, to you know, fucking do everything he can to make me survive. I think he, he gives that across, you know, that, that comes at you, definitely. Yeah. Um, interesting to see the, the, the bit in the film when they're reading out the survivors' mm. names. See the yeah. person reading out the names? Yeah. That's one of the survivors. And there's a bit as well, I think, that's, at the end. Was, In real life, it was his dad that actually read the names on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Aye, that's right, yeah. Imagine what the guy who reads out your son's name is to, like... He survived. It's like fucking hell. That's just. It's. it's I think there's an scene with one of the survivors as well. Is is kind of one of the, it greets him at the airport at the start as well. Right. One of the survivors in there as well. Um. So they're still they're still, they're still alive as well. Which is both, nuts. both of them um, are still alive. I was going to ask you what, what I didn't. I'm probably been daft as a rusher, and you'll explain it to me as you always do because I don't understand Hollywood and stuff like that, and movies in general. At the end, when they're all in the hospitals and stuff like that. And mm. it shows them, and they're all like wafer-like stick thin. How did they do that? The, the guys were on the guys were on a diet. They, they sort of would bring their bodies down to like a, a, a low weight. So was that was that them? It's 
some part they they do thin themselves down, not quite to the level like Christian Bale machinist, but then they apply makeup as well, so they sort of like sallows the ribs and makes them look like the ribs are thinner than they actually are. Kind of kind of how they right. do with Doug Jones and certain things. You know, Doug Jones plays like a, a, ah, a creature. Yeah, yeah. It's making ah. him look a lot more gaunt and things like that. So they do that and it's lighting as well and stuff like that. And maybe they'll wear them if they are wearing if they are wearing clothes, they'll make them a wee couple of sizes too big, so it gives the impression. Yeah. The clothes are hanging off and stuff like that, things like that. But yeah, there was some of the end scenes when they were taken to the hospital and, you know, they're getting showered and stripped down and stuff like that. And it's like, oh my God, that's fucking horrific. You know, like when yeah. you, it shows you how, you know, just, just what, what it's done to their body, the destruction, it's fucking gruesome. You know, it's what like, I thought was God, really interesting it's... about it was like when they, get, when they come back, because this follows when they do come back for a little bit, not much, but a little bit. Mm. Yeah, great. There's like returning heroes, very much like survive this thing. Yeah. But I'm assuming yeah. that is. Four people knew yeah. what they did. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. I, I don't know if it'd be interesting to see a film perhaps of like maybe following some of the survivors, like once that story came out, what was yeah. life like after right. that? You know, what, how did life progress at that point? Because you went from being an actor, because I understand it, like, but I imagine yeah, there, would oh, yeah, a, yeah. there would be a revulsion from some and almost a judgmental mm-hmm. attitude towards some about, and equally maybe perhaps dealing with like the people that who got. <laughs> You know their family. Yeah, like how do you yeah. feel about you know? I think there's a, there's a story there somewhere um, about you know I that aftermath. I think that's amplified by the fact that it's South America as well, which is very Catholic as well. Very religious, yeah. Um, and that's, that's so, a big part so of yeah, so that, that yeah, so that you know, so that's like, like <coughs> not the ultimate sin, I guess, but you know, that's like fucking frowned upon. Uh, yeah, but um, you know, so I guess that that's a big problem. But yeah, as, as far as I know from reading on it, I think initially they, they kind of kept that to themselves and said that they'd found supplies and that's how they managed to kind of keep right, eating okay. and stuff like that. And then um, as a group decided mm-hmm. we need to, yeah, it came out there. And I think yeah, it, it was very divisive. You know, some people were like mm. you fucking absolutely villains, and other people were like no, you know, you had to do that. So yeah. it would make it would make a, a good companion piece to it. Um, if yeah. they, they, they go that route um, we'll do it. Um, just on a side note if we ever do get involved in a, a, an accident and it's me and you I will, I will eat you I won't hesitate I'm just like you you know, have no no compunction to it whatsoever um, you know I, I I have no god but, but survival I will fucking eat you sir I will, I will pickle I'm you salt you. Opinion, I'm very much of opinion once, once I'm dead the bodies you can do whatever you want with it Colin I don't care what you do with it man. oh so I'm glad right I'm glad we've got that down in mates, just so that you know yeah. whatever does come to you, people can can. I'm, I'm not going to be verified. Help you, I'll be a good guy. I mean, you might be able to find it if you find I've got a massive like sort of, a gunshot in the back of my head. Like, <laughs> well. he's, he's killed him, then he's ate him. That's like different. What, why were you in Tesco and you killed him in Tesco? Yeah, That's an odd. Why you think he was in a barbecue? No, there, there is that that morbid curiosity um, of what does it what does. What does it taste like? I don't know if you get that, but I've I've got that morbid fascination. Um, you know, what what does what does human flesh taste like? I don't know. It's a strange thing. I would um, I would I've, argue that see honestly, if you eat most meat, most meat kinda tastes the same. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have I have, I have went down some rabbit holes and I know that like, you know that certain animals taste like certain things. Um, I'm not gonna right. elaborate much more than, than that to but yeah, um I, it intrigues me, not to the point where, you know, I don't want to fucking, you know, go and that web and you know order some some slivers or anything like that no. but it, 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 it's something i ponder about occasionally 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. In the film, they're not enjoying flesh at its finest. You know, they're basically warming up in the sunlight, essentially, and then not yeah. doing it. It's not cooked or anything, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Anyway, before we get morbid, <laughs> we were more morbid than the film was actually was at this point in time. Out of ten, eight out of ten for me, sir. Yeah, I'm up there. I give it a nine out of ten. I thought nine out of ten. Um, I actually, well, hold on, just a No, eight out of ten. I'm going to go eight and a half. I'll push it up to eight and a half. Um, eight and a half out of ten. It, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, um, with that. Great watch. I, I think, and watch it. Yes, I'm thinking well, lately our film of the week. Um, based uh, on what's pos- possibly um, my favourite survival film. It's definitely up there with me as well. Yeah, like after yeah. that, definitely with myself as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about one that you just watched literally an hour ago, Colsey, and that is also on Netflix, mm. and that is a film called Is it Good Grief? It's called. It's called Good Grief. Yes. Um, it's not the Charlie Brown story, um, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> good grief! I like that. That was good. Well <laughs> done, sir. Well done. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not Charlie Brown. Um, this this is um, the directorial debut, um, and written by um, Dan Levy, starring um, which. And starring Dan Levy, which most people know him from Shit's Creek. He's David in Shit's Creek, I believe, is his character's name. I gave up on Shit's Creek. I, I did not embrace it like the rest of the world did. So I, I, I think you're right. But I don't. I did not embrace it in the same way as everybody else did. Did you? Did you I, I've kind of watched. I never. I've, I'd never watched. I've watched it with Lorraine now and again. So I've absorbed it by osmosis, and I do enjoy it whenever I do see an episode. But I've not watched it from. You know, first to end. Um, but yeah, so this is this is Dan Levy's um, directorial debut, starring and written by, and um, it's a story of um, kind of fella kisses his husband goodbye, and um, his husband has an accident and dies, and it's just about dealing with grief and kind of how you move on and how you cope with that. Um, a year after. The rev- his husband dies, um, he opens up his Christmas card that he gave him from the year before um, mm. and they, they kind of, they, there's something very unexpected in the card that kind of changes the whole tone and everything and right. it kind of moves on to how he kind of deals with the grief this information, how that affects the grief um, and the results from going on somewhat kind of journey of self-exploration um, perhaps to, to, to try and deal with it um, right. yeah. in the film um Along with our boy Dan Levy, um, we've got our favourite Ruth Negger. Oh, I love Ruth Negger. We we do love Ruth Negger and uh, Hamash Patel as well. Oh yeah, from, okay. yeah, from the Beatles movie that he done. Remember yesterday? Was, uh, what was that one Yesterday, yeah, from yesterday as well. So actually, not a bad cast at all. Um, and um, the, the the dead husband um, is played by Luke Evans as well. Who oh, I okay. did not realise I did not realise Luke Evans was gay. Apparently Luke Evans is gay. I did not know that. Not that it matters. Okay, so big, it's not. I know it sounds like it's yeah. like, it, it, shabby. He's a big theatre guy as well. So I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that's the reason. That's all people in the theatre are gay. But there's a higher percentage. I think you. Um, yeah, the, the only reason that, that I can imagine it is because I was watching the film and you know I was thinking why have they got a straight guy playing a gay character? You know why, why don't you just have you know a gay character playing it? And the name was like he's gay. You fucking half it. And I was like okay, that makes yeah. sense. So yeah. And, we carried up with the film. <laughs> Who's Ruth Negger playing it? Just, like, just out of interest. Who's Ruth Negger playing it? She's a friend. She, she's just um, she, she's um, his friend, Dan Levy's friend, who helps him through tough times and stuff like that. She's like the kind of train wreck party girl friend. Um, oh, Emma Clarence in it as well. Who's she? I don't know who she is. 
She's in that murder end of the world that you like. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she very briefly in it. She she's throw, throw away part in it. She she doesn't okay, kind of do much in it. But um, this, I, I liked it, but I didn't like it. It's a very it, it's set in London and in Paris, um, mm. and it's one of these films that paints a fairy tale picture of London and Paris. Right, get you know, so you've got the Richard Hill London, um, you know, and the, the I suppose Emily in Paris version of Paris, um, you know. So yeah, so it's it's quite kind of syrupy, but it's also quite heartfelt as well. And you know, it it kind of does ask questions about grief and how you deal with it and how do you move on and and you know, should you be feeling what you're feeling and stuff like that. So it kind of tackles that stuff quite sensitively. Um, as well, um, pretty much focused around the, the, the three main characters. Um, our boy Evans isn't in it a lot, so it's those three characters are kind of the you know the kind of central focus for most of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Levy is probably the weakest link. Um, but when you're going up against, I don't, I don't get his charm at all. I think I I'm immune to his charm. I don't particularly get it. He's, I mean, he's not bad in it, um, but I think no. when you're up against Ruth Neger, um, you know, it's she, she she shines in everything she does anyway. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, you're up there with a fucking, you know, a lady that can act and then some. Um, so he's the weakest like, He's fun in this film for the first time. Like, a lot of films I've watched with Ruth Neger, she's never really the fun character, if that makes sense. She's always quite serious. Is she having a bit more fun in this? But sound <sighs> of it? Uh, it's a weird one. Not really. Yeah, she's having fun, but you know that girl, you know it's a train wreck, or that guy, you know it's a train wreck. They're at the parties, and they're the ones that are, you know, having a way of time. But you're just sort of, my God, you know that this is fucking horrible to watch. Aye, I get that. I get, get, I get the film. kind of shit, but yeah. she seems to be like yeah. loose a little bit more in this compared to like other things. Yeah. In which very much. Yeah. Having to be very serious and quite. Yeah. You know. Oh, down no, she, she, yeah. She's got some fucking you know, snappy one-liners, you know, she, she's hitting out with some, you know, outrageous stuff, um, you know, so that she, she's a fun character, but in the worst possible way, so yeah, she's she definitely... More, she's more tulip from Preacher in this than she is, say, for example, yeah. Ruth from Loving, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. is, is, is Ruth Irish? I believe she is Irish, yes. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever heard her do well, no, she's actually, she's actually, I think she's, um, she's actually, I'm alive, she's Ethiopian, I think she may have been raised in Ireland, possibly. Ireland, yeah. I've never heard her do an Irish accent, um, and she, she uses, I guess, it's her accent in this as well, which is which is nice. Um, but oh. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a sad film. It's, it's, it's got humour in it, you know. Like I say, she kind of brings you know touches of humour to it and stuff like that, and there is kind of throwaway funny lines and stuff like that. But ultimately, it's sad. I mean, the, the opening ten minutes, um, you know, I kind of looked over at Lorraine and said, you know, this is a fucking sad film because it was Lorraine, you know, that kind of recommended we watch it. Um, and you know you do kind of ride wee waves, you know, up and down and and stuff like that. But I think overall, just the way they've portrayed London and Paris, and you know everybody's quite well to do, and there's never any kind of real kind of worries about you know will you be okay for the rest of your life and stuff like that. I think takes away any kind of real depth that the film was maybe aiming for. Does that if, if right. that makes sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, the lack of um, like jeopardy. Because, like, yeah, regardless yeah, of what I mean, happens, he'll be comfortable. Yeah. And, and there's no real, there's no real imminent threat. Yeah, that that's, I mean, these people, you know, they're, they're, they're quite kind of wealthy, well-to-do, stuff like that. And, yeah, I get you're sad, and it's never nice to lose someone, you know, but you're, you're not homeless and, 
you know, stuff like that. So that kind of takes you a, a wee bit from the, the you know, the, the kind of sadness that they're trying to channel. Um, but but not 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 a bad watch at all. Um, it doesn't necessarily have you know economic boundaries. You know, a rich person mm, can be sad for mm. the loss same way that a you know a poor person can be. But you know? but us poor people find it hard to relate to the other side. I think is what I'm trying to agreed, say. You know, agreed. you're, you're being rich you know, like, off the Paris for whatever. Exactly. exactly. You're, you're, yeah. you're sad in your penthouse suite with your piano, you know, and you, your immaculate furniture and stuff like that, you know, and. And maybe it's just my, my, my anarchistic side coming out um, as it does from time to time, you know. But I do find it hard to to buy into, you know, the the. the you can't be sad. You've got a penthouse. Yeah, yeah. What have yeah. you got to be sad about? You know, other than the person you love most in the world dying. You know, what have you got to be fucking yeah, sad about? What have you got to be sad about? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. Well, I, th- I think this is becoming a me problem more than uh, more yeah, than the films so. film. Um, out of ten, I'm going to give it a six out of ten because, like I say, it's not a bad film at all. Ruth Nega um, really, really um, lifts it a lot, um, and it's worth watching. You know, to see Ruth doing Ruth because she's fucking amazing. So six out of ten, and I would, I would recommend yeah. watching it definitely. I watch it. I actually didn't know Ruth Nega was in it, but I will watch it knowing she's in it because I do love her and everything she's in. Yeah. she's yeah. always just utterly magnificent. Um, and see, our boy David, he's not bad in it. He's just he's. Quite, he's not. I don't know how long he's been in the business for, but he's just not quite there yet with you know who's who's punching with that. That's oh. all, that's all. It is. I'm sure he's you know he's great in Shit's Creek and stuff like that, but it's it's a hard transition, small to big screen as well. Yeah, I, I felt very I felt very unconvinced by him. Like I said, there's a film that I really mean Joe both really enjoyed we watched over Christmas called The Happiest Season, um, with um, who's in it? Christian Stewart's in it, and it's like her going back home to her hometown. Girl, she's going back there for a girl she's seen hometown, dealing with her family and stuff like that but Dan Levy plays like the best friend in it and every time he comes on screen for me, the film just grinds to a halt and a film that I'm really enjoying mostly but every time he appears I feel like it's like, it, and ever since then I've always thought a bit off with him, you know I get, No, I, I, I get it I, I, I kind of know what you mean but I can't quite put my finger on it and I don't want to be a dick and kind of spout out some shit in case I'm wrong but I, I kind of get what you mean yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't, this just doesn't hit with me. Um, yeah. And like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of shit streak. In fact, it's one of the few things it's something that I actually gave up on, which tells you a lot. I don't really normally give up on a lot of things when I'm watching them. You know, but um, I gave up on shit streak. It's never really done uh, it for me. For for a debut directorial writing debut, yeah, it, it's not not bad at all. You know, well done, well done, the young man. Um, and I think promise promising stuff. More, more to come. Promising stuff. Very good. Very yep. good. Um, off that calls it, we shall finish on the film that you recommended, well, you told me to watch, um, it is a Sky Cinema release, which, as we know, Sky Cinema releases are... A- <laughs> I mean, to be honest, the one that's out this week, which I'm def- we're definitely not watching for next week, it's got... Who's that fucking shit stunt actor that everyone loves? Or Scott Atkins is in it, and he you plays the lead Scott. role, so, so I'm like, you know what, not watching it. Uh, it's just not not a chance. Not a chance in hell. Uh, it's like two words. You don't want to hear the same sentence. Sky original Scott Atkins. Scott like, oh, Atkins no, lead role. This? You're like, oh, oh, oh. Is <laughs> he that one we watched at the um, the one shot? Was it one shot? It was called. He was like, yeah, the mess. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was bad. Uh, um, anyway. I, I like him. I, I think he's got a certain cheesy charm. He's like he's like a you know fucking Z list Jason Statham, but I I I, I kind of get that feel. Norris is what he is. No, 
But again, I'm not going to say anything. I don't hope this is here. Listen, he will. He could kill me. He half a second. Oh, he would beat the show. You then then feed you to me. Feel here, there you go. Yeah. You fucking exactly. hungry, you bastard. <laughs> he would kill me like the no, he'd kill me because it was so easy. Um, anyway, I'm sure lovely man's got actions, but I'm not a fan of your work. Um, <laughs> I like you. Don't kill me. <laughs> anyway, oh, he, was, he wasn't John Wick Four, wasn't he? He played the big German in John Wick Four. The, the big, the big. But he was in a fucking massive bodysuit. So. Fact, so yeah, I liked him yeah. in that. There we go. Yeah. I like your John Wick work. You at least recognise all work. I don't want you to be sure I like that. Well done, Richard. Anyway, on to the film, which is called Little Bone Lodge, which is directed by Matthias Hone, who had the unfortunate on his um, the, the filmography of the badly named Cockney vs. Vers- Cockneys vs. Zombies from a few years ago. It's basically it came out not long after Shaun the Dead, so I had to capture that kind of almost comedy horror vibe. I've not seen it, but I do remember it getting favourable reviews, believe it or not. I think it got better reviews than the title suggested, but but it was very much lumped in. I've not seen it before, I don't know for sure, but very much in that Shaun the Dead vein of trying to capture that kind of spirit, almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. He has that on his resume, for better or for worse. (laughs) Um, What was the one that James Corden was in that was really bad? Was it Lesbian... Vampire killers or something um, like that? Lesbian werewolves, maybe something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. There's a whole spate of them, kind of. Can we attack? I guess attack the blocks almost in that. Attack the blocks. Do that yeah. difference. Yeah, some of them will be. They're not all going yeah. to be bad, but, but yeah. yeah. And <laughs> we know the kind yeah. of films we're talking about. <laughs> yes. And the plot of this one is there is a there's a family living in a, a farmhouse. Took me and Joe a long time to say where this farmhouse 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 was. Scotland. Scotland. It's definitely Scotland, hmm. but everyone's accent is all over the place. To the point where I don't know who the fuck. Like, oh yeah, there's not, not a Scottish accent in it at all. Look, barely a Scottish movie. accent. Anyway, no. so it's set in Scotland, and also she said something at one point. I'm going off a bit, but like the nearest horse was a hundred miles from here. I'm like, there's no one fucking Scotland. With the nearest horse was a hundred miles from anywhere. This country's only hundred <laughs> miles across. Um. Anyway, so. There's also a line in Dog Soldiers that does that as well. Like I love Dog Soldiers, but there's a line when she says, oh, the nearest village is something like 80 miles away. And going, there's nowhere in Scotland that the village is 80 miles away. And it's always... Anyway. You've okay. traversed the country by that point. <laughs> Aye. So, anyway. So the, the, the family live in this, in this um, idyllic farmhouse. They have a working farm. Um, and then they're all locked up for night. And then someone bangs at the door. And it's uh, two men. One of them is injured. She... The matriarch of the house sees to him fix them up and then the story sort of devolves from there as both sides of the the, the story have, have stories. You've got the, the story of the farmhouse and the story of the two men who've came to the farmhouse and they intertwine and move away from each yeah. other as they see fit. Um, yeah. In the film you've got Jolie Richardson, she plays the matriarch of the family called Mama. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got Neil Linpow, he plays the main sort of other person in the, the, the okay. house. Yep, oh, right, got, okay, see, right, yep, yep. Yeah, the, you've got Sadie Silverall plays the daughter, and a, it was very much soap opera casting when they've got like a, I think about a thirty year old playing a fifteen year old in that with her. Uh, no offence, to her. no offence, to her. Um, and Evan Bennett plays the other brother as well. So this, to me, calls it started off with a quite an interesting twisty premise. Um, that you always knew there was a bit of a threat of something else happening in the story. It felt too simple. When it, you know, there's, there's, there's enough, the opening scene, there's enough weirdness in it, you go, there's something not quite right here, and, and you can sense it throughout. Yeah. 
instantly, yeah. Um, but <coughs> the, the film has many a logic gap in a third act that doesn't make sense, that the whole thing just crumbled away for me, despite some yeah. interesting ideas, I would say. How about you? Yeah, it, similar. Um, I kind of got it. Like you said, instantly from the first few minutes, you're like, right, something's up, and I pretty much nailed it within five minutes of the film. I knew where where it was going to. Why? I didn't, I didn't nail it from the very beginning, but I nailed a good chunk of it that I could tell yeah. enough of the yeah. story. Yeah. It's like that, really that, good ideas, but just poorly executed. Yeah, you've got to suspend a lot of fucking disbelief and take leaps with it. Do you know what I mean? Um, oh. to, to, to get there, yeah, you've got to go, okay, right, I suppose, right, okay, but that's fine. We'll pretend that that can or can't happen. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. Like that. But but the bones, you know, as, you know, just a fucking stripped down version of that story is, is, is good. You know, it's a interesting idea, yeah. There is something there, yeah. Um, but like I said, there's just there's too many logic gaps of like mm. people doing things. You go, why are they doing that? It doesn't make any sense. You know, why would you do yeah. that? And yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Every horror film to an extent has got that in it. You know, we have to sort of say, okay, that they do that because that's what everyone does in a horror film, or that's what it's like. It feels, I feel, a very odd choice to make, even in the, even in the, the threat of a moment. Why would you make that choice? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll give it. Julie Richardson was having fun. Like she was enjoying she, being there. So, like, she was really good in the part. Yeah, yeah. She, 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 she's a good actress. You know, Julie's done some. She's got a decent body of work behind her. She can yeah. act as well. You know, and you could see that. Um, and she was, yeah, she was definitely having fun. But um, the the biggest thing that, that really got me. Um, and to go back to Tropic Thunder, you know what I'm going uh-huh. with, don't you? Yeah, never, no. ever, never go for it. Oh, Never, never, ever. <laughs> but then they never. always... That, that, I said this, we need your both going, that annoyed me because they played that up when they needed to. Yes, it became because when they didn't need it, it wasn't even it, yeah. on the fucking radar. Yes. And it wasn't anything they did, like, sort of, like, they didn't even have... All they had to do was show us... All they had to do was show a shot of the kid taking pills or something that would have, like, yeah. shown, right, that... He takes his pills, he's calm, he doesn't get his yeah. pills for two hours, and he becomes a bit... Because he's autistic, yeah. he's a bit, he gets a bit manic. You don't do that. Yeah. They just let him be completely non-autistic for like yeah. all the film, and then like almost intelligent. Be... You know, like you know, an intelligent that character. You know, that, that's fucking you know above it oh. all. Doing then suddenly and then just boom. flip it. He can be coercive. He can, he can be manic, and it's like I don't I don't know enough about autism to know if that's the case. If that's what happens, but it felt like it was, it was a plot device they were happy to drop when they didn't need it. And we needed yes. it, they brought it back and apps. They brought it back and they put it up to a hundred to try and like properly. Yeah, yeah. Def apps. I got that instantly and honestly, just Tropic Thunder was straight in my head. I'm like, oh, you, you've done it. Uh, you, you have fucking, you know, you, you've pulled the trigger. You just, you need yeah. to roll it now. Go on. There's no coming back for that. Over, that one. Yep, I do remember that. Um, <laughs> but our pack, can act. Um, that, that that's the problem with this film. I think is. Um, out with Julie Richardson, that does I didn't feel that the, the talent was particularly, you know. No, it's definitely worthy of the, the roles they were given. It's British TV level, you know, BBC ITV drama level. It's not Julie Richardson yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and and again, like I know we spoke about <laughs> human endurance and stuff like that, but how much can you take? Do you know what I mean? For fuck's sake, um, you know, right. come on. Um, <laughs> Sisu and stuff like that, and you know that that's done with a, a wink and a nod. Do you know what I mean? 
this wasn't, you know, and it's, no. come on, you know, th- th- this is getting silly now, you know, you're becoming, you know, a fucking spoof, you know, let, let's, yeah. you know, stop this nonsense. And then um, the third act, even more, like, just sort of felt like it just, it felt a rushed way yeah. to include it. Definitely. I the final couple of shots and it made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, the whole thing just kind of fell, it fell apart quickly. Um, but I just think it was just so predictable. That was the problem is every single scene they were setting up, you knew exactly how it was going to end. So there was never that payoff. You know, you never got the surprise you were waiting for. You were like, okay, okay this is going to happen now. Um, you kind of just lined it up perfectly. Each, each yeah. Time. yeah. It yeah. felt like a thriller almost written by like AI a little bit. Yeah. It was hitting, you've seen everything and it done better. Yeah, and I think yeah. part of it might be that's maybe all right written, but it felt like the director was shown too much at times. He was he was like sort of not trusting himself to make a sort of a mystery to an extent. He was he was yeah, yeah. It felt no, too tight enough. I'm not trusting us as an audience, you know. We're, but yeah, but not audiences are stupid people, you know. You can you don't need to be Christopher fucking Nolan, you know. Don't don't treat us like that. But you know we can figure stuff out, you know. You can yeah. leave bits out and we can fill in the book. The blanks are saying yeah. we can do that, but I mean, it, it wasn't unwatchable and it wasn't awful. Um, Richardson definitely saved it. If it was anyone else in that role, um, you know, it might have been a different film altogether, but she yeah. definitely made it watchable. Agreed, agreed. I'll say ten, four. I'll be nice, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five. five. I, I, yeah, not, not, not too bad. Some of the scenery was lovely, it was you know, the kind of hills and stuff like that were quite nice to see. Yeah, hills, the hills are pretty. Scottish hills are indeed pretty, Scotland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've kind of seen them, you know, like, uh, yeah. recognise, I've seen that before. But yeah, the, the, some of the camera work was quite nice. Um, <laughs> strange film. Um, feels feels like Sky just need to, I don't know, I don't know why Sky keep missing the target. Um, you know I'm I mean? okay it's with them strange. buying things from other people to show it. It's when they start. I don't, know how, I don't know if they did buy this from someone else and show it, or if they made it themselves, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there is a certain the, the quality is not there a lot of the time, is it? it it's, it's very yeah. weak. But someday there must be somebody in Sky somewhere that's paid to to look out for you know reviews and stuff like that. You know, and there's been so many now, and I'm you know I've, I've read reviews a lot of them, and we're not the only people that say this about Sky movies. You know, we're, we're not fucking you know a, a clique. There's a lot of the same stuff bounding about. They promise to a customer that it's a new movie every day. You know, and they've fulfilled that contract. <laughs> I guess, yeah, but it's yeah. a shitty way to do it, man. It's, it's a horrible <laughs> really yeah. I'd rather have one a month, you know, like fucking double the quality, or, or one a year, you know, that it's a fucking, you know, eye-opening film, than, you know, this one a week that's absolute trouble. Um, yeah, you know, eventually end up putting out Scott Atkins films as, like, sort of, like, event cinema. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get you. He's yes, going to get me. Um, He's going to get me. Um, yeah. That is us for this <laughs> Um, some interesting stuff out we have got at the cinema. Uh, poor things. Uh, we'll have, we'll be one. seeing that. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Got, yep. you, got my money. Sold. Already. Yep. Done. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm well in for this, man. I like the fact that the man won the Golden Globe and used it as a chance to try and meet Springsteen, which I'm all in support of that. <sighs> Probably. The thing with his films, though, is you know you're going to get something batshit crazy, but you always come out like, I didn't expect that to be quite so batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you know what I mean? You just go, you just come out and you're like, what the fuck? Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. I'm really, I'm, he's one of those guys who, like, just his name attached to it makes me excited to want to see a film. You know, certain, you know, yeah. 
you see like um you know like when I see Spielberg's name I'm excited to see the film. I see Tarantino's yeah. name. Yorgos Lathmos when I go when I see his name attached, I'm like I am excited to see what you're going to bring to this. Yeah, same Eggers as well. Like, Robert Eggers, yeah. I, as well. I don't I don't care what this film is. I'm in because I know but what's going to be. You have me. You 100 have me to watch this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm um, there. I'm there, sir. Also, out, it's quite a limited release, unfortunately, which is quite odd. Um, is the holdovers? It's out on the 15th. Oh, I want to see that as well. It's been getting yeah. really positive reviews, and I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Go, when I when I awarded it in Golden Globes, Giamatti, or was it nominated? Yeah, Giamatti won for Golden, and so did the um, other actress in it whose name I cannot remember. She won it for Best Supporting, I think. So uh, it won two awards, at least two acting awards. Um, <coughs> also out in cinema, you've got it's still out in cinema. Um, I thought you were seeing this this week, Halsey. Is um, Night Swim, Kurt Russell? No, sorry, Russell, Wyatt Russell. I don't worry, I've, I've read the reviews for this. I've read mixed reviews. Oh, no, I've read um, scathing reviews, sir. Scathing reviews. Okay. Not in a hurry to see this one, shall we say. Okay. Um, uh, all right, okay. And on Netflix, you've got Lift, which is a Kevin Hart action comedy directed by F. Gary Gray. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe, get, maybe get that one. Kevin Hart can, can have a charm sometimes. We've still got the Marky Mark one to watch, which we should get to at some point. We said we would, and we probably should. Um, probably, probably will regret it, but we should, yeah. There's also a Kelly Coco film on Amazon where she plays a secret agent who's retired, and then her and her husband go on a date, and it all kind of her old life comes back to her. It's um, True Lies, sounds like to me. It's basically True Lies, yes. She's definitely found a niche just now, is there, Kelly, hasn't she? Rose? She's found this like, kind of pocket, you know, where she fits, you know, the, the, the kind yeah. of, oh, fucking tizzy, you know, like, caught up in madness, kind of. Caught up in drama, yeah. Um, yeah there's there's yeah. plenty of things to watch next week, because I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about, and I'm sure there's other things we can we can find along the way. We might try and watch Echo. We might try and watch that on TV as well. We'll make a start on it at the very least. I think. Yeah, at least an episode an or two. So, yeah, pl- yeah, plenty to catch up on. So, plenty. Where people find us, Colsey? Uh, find us on number three, Beers in the Movie, um, on X, Facebook and Instagram. Um, all the cool places, you know, where you find all the cool people. So, go on there and Give us, give us some love. Give Scott Atkins some love. Tell, tell me he's a good guy. Don't listen to Richard. You know, hashtag Scott. There we go. That, that's a... Do not tell Scott Atkins where I live. Repeat, <laughs> do not tell him where I live. No one knows where you live. You live in the fucking Shire and buried deep in the heartlands of Scotland. No Scott knows. Atkins could find me and that's terrifying. <laughs> so yeah, hashtag, hashtag we love you, Scott. That's this week's question. <laughs> do that for me. I've been Colin, you've been Richard, and we have been Three Beers in a Movie.